It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a crossover edition of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Panthers. I'm Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens here with me, Julian Council of Locked On Panthers. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in with us, making both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Panthers your first listens of the day. If we're available on all podcasting platforms, including over on YouTube and video format, today's episode of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Panthers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Just pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their Prize Picks projection, you can up to 10 times money on your entry first time users can receive. It one percent is in deposit match up to $100 or promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. It's week 11, and we have the Ravens and Panthers mashing up with each other, both coming off kind of like extended layoffs from football. The Ravens had their bye week in week 10. Carolina coming off of that win against Atlanta on Thursday night football, now matching up in Baltimore at MT Bank Stadium. Julian, I'm expecting actually a pretty good game here. I like Carolina's roster a lot. Baltimore's been playing really well. This could be an underrated good game here. Yeah, no, excited to see what happens and glad to be talking to a fellow Elon Phoenix, Kevin. And for the folks who are watching, uh, we basically wearing the same shirt. I got the Haley on, the gray one, right. you got the gray Henley. <laughs> I'm loving it. So uh, I honestly would rather sit here and talk about our Elon Phoenix being eight and three in FCS playoff bound. There you go, but I suppose, there you go. I suppose we can talk about the Panthers and Ravens game <laughs> cut up in Sunday at M&T Bank Stadium. And yeah, Carolina having... That win against Atlanta, there's still two games back in the NFC South with Tampa winning in Munich against the Seahawks on Sunday morning. So still trying to claw, have a chance at the playoffs. Certainly have to get a road win on Sunday against the Ravens, currently 0-4 on the road. And only three of their win, all three of their wins, rather, have come in the division. So they're going to have to win games on the road and outside of the division if they want to find a way to sneak into first place in what has been a very bad NFC South here in 2022. Yeah, I've, I've been saying it all year, Julian. It's just been like a weird football year this year where upsets are happening left and right. Teams that were supposed to be really good or not and teams that maybe weren't expected to do well are doing well. So I think, I don't know, the, the NFC South right now has been just a weird division so far this year. And this could be an opportunity for Carolina here. It's also an opportunity for Baltimore to continue on there. There's currently a three-game winning streak. Move that up to four. But let's start with biggest stories here. What is it for Carolina? I know the biggest story for a while was, you know, trading away Christian McCaffrey, the firing of Matt Rule, and kind of the 
mini-ish rebuild they're enduring right now there in Carolina. But entering this week 11 matchup, Julian, what do you feel like is the biggest story for Carolina? Well, the reason behind that rebuild and Matt Rule being fired in and part Christian McCaffrey being traded away has been the quarterback playing, the lack of a answer at the position long term. And the storyline going this week will be Baker Mayfield getting the start the first time since he started in the week five matchup against the San Francisco 49ers, which also was when he injured his ankle and was the final time we saw Matt Rule on the sidelines here in Carolina the last Five weeks, it's been P.J. Walker starting at quarterback in place of Baker, who was injured, and then he was his backup. P.J. Walker mysteriously suffered a high ankle sprain on Thursday night in that win against Atlanta. At no point did the Panthers report it during the game. Did it look like watching the game? Either it didn't look like he really was limping around. So everyone was pretty surprised on Monday morning when they reported that P.J. was injured. He went and talked to media later on, said he was had a 50-55% as far as where his ankle was at. But Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach here in Carolina, didn't want to put the team at a disadvantage, want to do what's best for the team and not have a quarterback of limited mobility. And coincidentally, it's the third quarterback on this roster, Baker, Sam Darnold, and of course, PJ, that have now all suffered high ankle sprains on the Bank of America's field turf, which has led to questions this week about whether the surface is leading to these injuries, if they need to do something differently. And the NFLPA has put out a statement as far as how they feel about field turf compared to grass and Panther players, including Baker Mayfield on Wednesday when speaking to the media and even DJ Moore, let their feelings be known. But Baker now back as a starting quarterback, Panthers traded for him a conditional fifth round pick in 2024. If he plays 70% of the snaps, that goes to a fourth round pick. So there are folks out here in Carolina and Panther fans that are concerned that Baker's playing because they don't want to give up that fourth round pick. They, in an essence, got back to fifth round pick with the Christian McCaffrey trade to San Francisco. They don't want to play Baker too much and where they lose that fourth round pick in 2024. So really, Baker Mayfield being back under center, getting an opportunity to prove to the Panthers and the rest of the league that maybe he can be the long-term guy somewhere else. I think that ship has sailed here in Carolina, but him getting the opportunity against a familiar opponent in the Baltimore Ravens, that's the biggest storyline here in Carolina this week leading up to Sunday afternoon's game in Baltimore. Yeah, you got the Cleveland Baker Mayfield who played against Baltimore a lot, you know, had some wins against Baltimore, also had some losses. There was one game they played last year where it was a who's who of turnovers. Lamar Jackson had four in the game. I think Baker had three. It was just, no, you take the ball. No, you take it. No, you, no, you. So it was something where this year it hasn't worked out for Baker. I think the way he's wanted it to, the way Carolina maybe wanted it to. But I think this is a game for him. You mentioned it to prove himself. And part of it, you mentioned the reason is due to injuries. I think for Baltimore, the key storyline is just getting guys back and continuing to just get their roster to full strength here. They've gotten guys back throughout the year. And for those who obviously followed the Ravens last year, a historic injury year for them, losing guys before the season, losing guys in the season. They've gotten back Marcus Peters and, and J.K. Dobbins, who is still back in IR. But Gus Edwards and guys like Tyus Bowser, they're hoping this week to get back Gus Edwards, who suffered a hamstring injury against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night football. Mark Andrews also has been dealing with shoulder and knee issues. Both those guys were limited in practice on Wednesday. So there is at least some hope that they will be able to come back. But a lot of people were, were wondering throughout all of last year, what would this team be like healthy when everybody was back, when they got all their pieces? And they're now starting to, I think, see some of that, the, the potential that so many people saw last year. It was It was a rough start compared to what maybe people were expecting this season where it was just inconsistency where they have the win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. They blow the fourth quarter lead against Miami. They lose to Buffalo on a controversial decision by John Harbaugh to try to go for it on fourth down in a tie game instead of kick a field goal. And then in week six, you have turnovers leading to a, a Giants victory. So 
they're trying to get their guys back. They have the momentum now. And the big story here is can they continue to build off of what they have now built and, and go with, I think, a four-game win streak, which would be great. But, Julian, what's the injury situation looking like in Carolina right now outside of P.J. Walker? Yeah, P.J., of course, being out this week. Dante Jackson tore his Achilles on Thursday night, so he's out for the rest of the season, the third year in a row where he's dealt with injuries. Had turf toe back in 2020. Last year, missed the last five games of the season with a groin, and now he'll end up missing the last nine games of the season. Sat out the Bengals game also, but he'll be out for the rest of the season with that Achilles injury. Jeremy Chin, uh, Steve Wilkes, the interim coach, said he's hopeful that Chin will play. Last week, Chin was finally off of IR, or at least designated to return, so there was some talk maybe he would play on Thursday night. And Wilkes said that he asked and I to play a guy who had missed previous six games and barely practiced with that quick of a turnaround. The hope is that Jeremy Chin will play. So outside of that, I know Mars Hartsfield as well, who's been in that secondary, which has been banged up all season long with Chin. And now also with J.C. Horns missed a couple games with a hip injury and Dante Jackson being out. Miles Hartsfield has played a lot in that nickel position. He'll be he was out of practice on Wednesday. So we'll see what his status is moving forward. So those are really the biggest injuries it's all in the secondary as far as things to watch with Carolina on Sunday. Yeah, I think, you know, this this late in the year, it's guys aren't necessarily 100% anymore. No, Everybody's no dealing with stuff. Yeah. Everybody's banged up in some way, shape, or form, you know, just the way that football is. But you're just hoping that guys can get on the field and play, and they're healthy enough to do so, even if that's not necessarily 100%, because guys, guys are fighting, guys are battling right now. But for Baltimore, Julian, the mood here is is. I think pretty good overall. You know, this is a team that has the momentum right now, but I'm interested to know what the mood in Carolina is because after trading away McCaffrey, who was a franchise player for them for so many years, the firing of Matt Rule and everything, I think Carolina has, a, again, a really talented roster. I just think they have to get the quarterback position right. So what's the mood right now with the way Carolina's moving? I feel like a lot of people have moved on to the offseason and waiting to see who the new head coach is. Who the new general, not the new GM, uh, federal state, but who the new quarterback will be. That's kind of... My thought here, they're three and seven. The Bucks have a two-game lead. Realistically, the Panthers would have to win five of their last seven games to get to eight, nine, and have any shot of winning the division. I don't see a Tampa Bay implosion winning two straight now. Of course, they still have Tom Brady. They've had their own issues like everyone else in the division. It's going to be difficult for the Carolina to be able to get to the playoffs, and it's going to be difficult for Steve Wilkes to do enough on the field coaching-wise to, to prove to the, head, the, man, or the owner here, David Tepper, that he should get the head coaching job. So there's a lot of people here who are just ready for the offseason to be here to see who the coach is going to be and to see which of these quarterbacks, whether it be Bryce Young out of Alabama, CJ Stroud of Ohio State, or even Will Levis out of Kentucky, which of those guys will be at the top of the draft and could be available for Carolina. So yeah, most people I feel like have moved on. And uh, that's certainly the vibe here right now. It's like, hey, let's just get to the offseason because this season is probably lost, even though they got a big win last Thursday against Atlanta. Yeah, definitely a big win. And hey, there's a, there's there are more games to go. We got week 11 here, Baltimore and Carolina coming up in our second segment. We'll be diving into some of the biggest matchups in this game. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about here on Locked on Ravens and Locked on Panthers. But first, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. And whether you're looking to pop the question, have a milestone to celebrate or want to make your love sparkle, Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. Blue Nile's help millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. They have easy online tools that let you choose a diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. And Blue Nile's bench jewelers with the help of it will handcraft your perfect 
one-of-a-kind engagement ring. You can shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. All Blue Nile orders are insured and ship for free in discreet packaging. They also offer overnight shipping if you're in a rush. So make a moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purses of $500 or more. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com. Code locked on. And this episode is brought to you by Tommy John. And getting stuck in Black Friday crowds is super uncomfortable, but shopping Tommy John's Black Friday sale from your couch, now that is super duper comfortable. When you give your loved ones Tommy John, they're that much more comfortable so they can do everything better. You can shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale right now and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself a brand new Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas. With over 18 million pairs sold, giving Tommy John has become a holiday tradition. 97% of women and men love getting a gift from Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. So shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale going on right now and get 30% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. 30% off everything now at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. Again, TommyJohn.com slash locked on. See site for details. We're back here, our second segment of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Panthers. Kevin Ostriker still here with Julian Council, and there are a ton of matchups that I'm excited for this one, Julian. I feel like one for me, I'll highlight one. I think DJ Moore versus Marlon Humphrey is going to be a big one. These yeah. are two of the best at their positions. DJ Moore, obviously a Maryland guy. There were a lot of people in Baltimore who, you know, if Carolina was willing to move off of DJ Moore, go send a first, go send a one and a three or whatever it may be. Obviously, Carolina decided to keep DJ Moore on their roster. And I think, again, he's someone who can do a lot of damage. Obviously, he's a player that's super talented. Marlon Humphrey, after somewhat of a down year for Baltimore in 2021, by his standards, has bounced back in 2022 these are two of the best in the business going at each other and i'm, I'm super excited for it yeah i'm sure there's uh, folks up uh, i-95 there outside of baltimore and philadelphia who would be claiming dj Moore before any ravens fans because he did go to the university of maryland but he's always gonna be a philly guy at heart and i'm sure the eagles i mean they're eight and one probably would love to add another weapon to that offense but yeah it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And I know the Ravens have kind of struggled this year against the past. Saw that we're 28th ranked pass defense. Now it's also, it's bad versus bags. The Panthers only have the 28th ranked passing offense. Very curious to see if Baker Mayfield can have sort of the success that he had in that second half when he took over for PJ Walker a couple weeks ago on the road in Cincinnati, where they were down 35, nothing at the half came back, led him to three touchdown drives in the second half, had a pretty good connection with DJ Moore. That was something we saw a lot of during the preseason and training camp, but we never really have seen it during the regular season in those five starts that Baker played until we saw him in the second half in really mop-up duty against the Bengals. So yeah, Marlon Humphrey, a great corner, Bama guy, of course, and then DJ Moore, love to see what's going to happen there. I know for me, as far as matchups, it's kind of just an overall matchup. Just looking at if the Panthers can stop the run and if they can run the football. The Ravens have been one of the best rushing teams in the NFL since Lamar Jackson came into the league. They're second right now in rushing your offense, second in yards per attempt. And the Panthers have not been great. Like, they stood up last Thursday night against, uh, against Atlanta, another top five rushing team, and did a really good job holding the 33 rushing yards in the first half. Atlanta was able to kind of get more to their normal rushing total with over 100 in the second half. But Carolina really answered the bell at that point in time and was really physical in that Thursday night game that was played in not the greatest with conditions. Don't know what the weather is in Sunday, but Carolina's got to show the same kind of prowess there stopping Baltimore and stopping the run if they're going to have any chance holding this game on Sunday. And on the other side of that, three of the four best rushing totals for the Panthers this season have come in the past four weeks 
or three, I mean, three of the best rushing totals have come in the last four weeks for Carolina with Deontay Foreman running the football. And you thought when they traded Christian McCaffrey, what were they going to be able to do running the football? Would that be the end of their offense? Not really the case because Foreman has been really good so far through the last four weeks. It was great on Thursday night against Atlanta. I mean, he's had like four touchdowns and probably over like 300 yards against the Falcons in his two appearances this season against that team. So if he can have a strong running game, that can help Baker get back into the flow of this offense and have the Panthers have an opportunity. So really, it comes to the run game and controlling the line of scrimmage for Carolina on Sunday. Like those are the matchups I'm looking for. Anything else that you're looking at with the Ravens and Panthers on Sunday? Yeah, you mentioned that. I, I, I want to piggyback off of that, but I did turn into a meteorologist here over the last 10 seconds. I looked up oh, the yeah. weather and we're supposed to, it's 38 with no percent chance of rain so far. Winds of about 15 miles an hour. So just too cold. It, it, I know, right? it, it could be though that heavy dose of running because I think both teams do like to run the football. We'll see. I mean, look, both teams, I think are going to have to throw it a little bit in order to win. I mean, Lamar Jackson can do so much with his arm. Baker's going to be out there looking for a yeah. chance to prove himself. But I'm glad you mentioned the run game because one thing I'm looking at is Bradley Bozeman. Now, Bozeman was a former Raven here, loved, super yes. loved in the Baltimore yes. community. I'm sure he's loved down there in Carolina too, Julian. But I want to know, how is he performing? How has that Carolina offensive line performed as a whole this season? I'm glad you asked that because, like, I'm now just searching my phone as something I meant to bookmark earlier. Okay, Bradley Bozeman. This is from 22 hours ago, uh, Cat Crave, which is the Panthers' uh, blog for Fansided Network. They put this out there. His PFF stats through Week 10. 245 snaps played, one penalty conceded, one sack allowed, 72.2 PFF grade. Bozeman's been really good. And I speak of the Panthers having their three best rushing efforts in the last four weeks with Deontay Foreman as the lead back and since they traded McCaffrey. In large part of that is because Bradley Bozeman became the center. Now, going to the season, my opinion was that Bradley Bozeman would be the starting center for the Carolina Panthers. He had an ankle injury late in the preseason and during training camp. That gave Pat Elfline the nod as a starting center. Pat Elfline took over late last season after Matt Paradis tore his ACL and actually was much better at the center position than he was playing guard for the Panthers. And even back when he played guard for the Jets and in Minnesota when he was replaced by Garrett Bradbury, a former first-rounder who's actually from the Charlotte area coming out of NC State. So Elfline's always been a better center than guard, and he actually was playing really well through the first six games of the season here before he had a hip injury that put him on IR out for the rest of the season. But since then... The rushing totals have just been much better. In in large part, why I thought Bozeman would take over is like, oh, Bozeman started for a really good rushing attack in Baltimore. He's been a solid player. I was surprised that the Ravens couldn't come to terms with him because it looks like he's been really good. Now, I've seen and read that Tyler Linderbaum, the first rounder out of Iowa, has done a really good job so for Baltimore. So maybe they made the right decision with that rookie contract. But even still, I think the bit, one of the big changes for Carolina as far as being able to have success offensively running the football has been Bradley Bozeman. At, as a center, being able to, to push the, the guys in front of them and done a really good job so far the last four weeks. And I expect it to be a key. Uh, Baker Mayfield spoke to the media on Wednesday, and he mentioned that this game means a lot to Bradley. So I'm sure Bradley Bozeman, even in those frigid temperatures, it's frigid to me and all of us down south, he'll be ready to go, be ready to lay a hat on the guys on that defensive line in Baltimore and try to uh, pave the way for Deontay Foreman to have another big rushing day for Carolina. Yeah, you know, I always, there are two examples I use for those like revenge games. The first one you're going to be familiar with, Julian, it's the Steve Smith Senior revenge game when he blood faced and off. guts, blood yeah, and guts. He, yeah. he faced yeah. off against Carolina and he, he let him know. He let him know throughout the entire game, you know, the mistake that they made, this and that and the other. But the other one, 
is Earl Thomas in 2019 for the Ravens, where, look, we all know what happened off the field with Earl Thomas for Baltimore. But yeah. on the field, he was really good for him. He was one of the best safeties in that year. But when they played Seattle that season, it was Marcus Peters and his debut there. A lot of the players came out and said, yeah, we won this game for Earl. We want to win this one for Earl. So I think a lot of the players in that locker room, especially in Carolina now with Bozeman, they want to go out there. They want to win this game for Bradley Bozeman. I mean, this is, it was the same thing in week six for the Giants, Don Martindale. The players talked about how they wanted to win the game for Don Martindale and that they did. So there's always that revenge game factor in there, definitely. But you mentioned Tyler Linderbaum, and yeah, he's been great for them. I was shocked when Bradley Bozeman got the deal he did. I thought he was worth a lot more, and I thought the Panthers got an absolute bargain when they signed him. And he's, he's proven it so far. But one of my other matchups I have here, Julian, is – Tyra Linderbaum versus the interior of this Panthers defensive line. Derek Brown, obviously, is somebody who is extremely talented. Now, Linderbaum's been great, but he has struggled sometimes against those bigger, more elite options on the interior, such as Quinn and Williams in week one. I think he's gotten better since week one. I think he's going to be able to handle his own. But a key matchup for me, you mentioned the run game. We're continuing with that theme. Is can the offensive lines for both teams block? For me, it's if Tyra Linderbaum can win in the center. Yeah, and Derek Brown's been really good this year for Carolina. The only bad game he had was against the Bengals where he didn't play in the second half because he was he was sick. So that made, that was a pretty good reason why he didn't play well. But he came back Thursday against Atlanta, and he was right back to his usual self. And there's questions going this year, whether Derek Brown could take that next step. And sometimes you do see a big step between year two and year three, and we've seen that here. And he's certainly going to have his fifth-year option exercise in the 2023 offseason. And he's someone that the Carolina Panthers want to build around. And you talked about Ravens fans thinking about potentially trading for DJ Moore. There were, Moore wasn't the only pe- person on this roster people were talking about. Brian Burns, of course, a report that the Panthers turned down two first-round picks from the L.A. Rams. Derek Brown was someone teams were inquiring on as well. He's one of the guys that they want to build this team around, and he's been really good. So certainly that's a matchup I probably would favor with Derek Brown against a rookie and Tyler Linderbaum, who, again, like you said, not what I've read, has been really good so far for Baltimore this season. Yeah, Linderbaum's been a great option at center. Derek Brown's taking a step here. So I'm excited for that one, definitely. Coming up, though, we're going to be diving into our predictions for this game, wrapping up the episode and more. Still a ton to dive into here. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet online and betonline.net is an unborn source for sports betting info stats news and analysis you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer even esports they've got it all over at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at betonline as well they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix as a website and use mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back, rounding out Locked on Ravens and Locked on Panthers here on Crossover Thursday. Kevin Ostriker of Locked on Ravens here with Julian Council of Locked on Panthers. And this is a Week 11 matchup, Julian, I think is important for both teams in different ways. I think this can be a game where Baltimore, as I've said, continues to build that momentum for Carolina. They Players can prove themselves. Players can show some yeah. things either for this year or for the future. So how do you feel this one's going to go? This is a home game for Baltimore here as Carolina yeah. travels. It'll be an interesting one. How, how do you see it going? 
Yeah, it's going to be tough for Carolina to win. As I mentioned, they failed to win on the road. Now, they should have won the game against Atlanta, which was a, a thriller. They lost an OT, had multiple opportunities to win that game, whether it was a missed extra point by Eddie Pinero or the missed um, field goal. And Pinero bounced back last week and did a really good job in helping them win that game against Atlanta. And Steve Wilkes went out of his way to recognize Pinero for being able to mentally compartmentalize excuse me, what happened to him in Atlanta to go out there to make those kicks. So LA, the Rams, they didn't really try in that game. The Giants, Bengals get embarrassed. Like they have to be able to have a better performance on the road in this football game. And I'd said following the game last week against the Falcons that they kept their NFC South title hopes alive. And that was of the opinion that, okay, you got within the game of Atlanta, who's in first place, also tied with Tampa Bay, but then Tampa wins and you're still two games back with seven games left to play. Now, one of them is on the road against Tampa, but you need Tampa to come back towards you, and you need to be able to win most of these games down the stretch. Like I said earlier, five of seven, that's what I, I think the Panthers have to be able to do to have any chance of being able to win a division with a losing record this year in 2022. I just don't look at the game in Baltimore as being one of those winnable games for Carolina moving forward. Seattle will be tough right down the road. New Orleans, they're, they're still starting Andy Dalton. Shouldn't be that difficult. They have games like Pittsburgh and Detroit. I think they can win at home, even with Denver, the way that they played. I just look at this one as a fi- one of the final seven games that they play. I just don't look at this one as being that winnable of a game for the Panthers, especially knowing that they've struggled against the run. Yes, they came out with focus, attention to detail, assignment football against the Falcons, but that's also coming off of a tough loss and not being – too far removed from a game that you should have won against a division rival. I don't know if they're going to have that same focus and be able to keep up that same intensity for four quarters against Lamar Jackson, against one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. And the Panthers have been pretty mediocre against the run all season long. So they were great last week. Have a hard time seeing them have success, especially against a team who I expect in the Ravens to win the AFC North. And they played one of the worst schedules, the easiest schedule, apparently, down the stretch here in the NFL. Could be looking at the number one seed in the AFC if they're playing against on Sunday afternoon on the road. So 13 points was a bet on line spread when it first came out. That sounds about right to me. I think Baltimore probably covers that spread. Gets a, an easy win against the Panthers on Sunday. Yeah, I think this is a game Baltimore should win. And I don't want to say any game is an easy one because obviously this is any given Sunday. Baltimore certainly played down to opponents before. They've played up to opponents before. But but I think this is a game Baltimore should win. I think the Ravens have found their identity over these last few weeks where they were kind of struggling with it early on in the season, execution-wise, play-calling-wise. I think the spark for them, though, was in that fourth quarter for on both sides of the ball, in their fourth quarter against Cleveland in Week 7, where it was almost disaster again. Baltimore has not been a great fourth-quarter team this season, and they almost weren't in Week 7, where Justice Hill fumbles the ball deep in Cleveland territory and gives Cleveland the chance to either tie or win the game. And usually when that happened, when disaster stri- strikes in that fourth quarter, it was Baltimore's going to lose this game, aren't they? It's a, it, the script is going, and they're going to lose it again. But in that game, they showed themselves that stuff can go wrong in the fourth quarter, and they can still pull out the game. They can still do enough to win it. Then you see the second half against Tampa in Week 9, where or in Week 8, excuse me, where – they were able to, after a pretty lackluster offensive first half, they decided, hey, we're just going to run the ball. And, and they ran the ball, and they dominated on the ground, and they dominated Tampa in that game. New Orleans, front to back, dominant win there. So I think that, look, again, I'll, I'll continue to say it. I think Carolina does have a good roster, you know, quarterback. They still have to figure some stuff out. But I think the way that Baltimore's been running the ball, the momentum that they have right now, I'll say 
I'll say 30 to 17 with maybe like a late Carolina score thrown in there at the end where I'm not saying it's going to be like an absolute like Carolina gets shut out game, but I do think that Baltimore does get a win in this one and a win that I think helps them continue on their season journey. And for Carolina, you mentioned Julian, some fans looking forward to the off season. Well, maybe it'll help in the, in the long run with a better draft pick to maybe get one of those quarterbacks that I know a lot of people are looking at for Carolina. Yeah. And I've been telling my listeners, it's crapshoot. There's no guarantee that you draft a guy. It works out. There's two guys on the roster that a perfect example of that didn't work out in Cleveland for Baker. Hasn't worked out here so far for Baker. Didn't work out in New York. The jets for Sam Darnold didn't work out here with Sam Darnold as a reclamation project last year. And there might be a point in time. We might see him. Steve Wilkes said that he would like to play Sam Darnold, but is this not one of those situations where, Hey, you get paid $250 and then you get to play. That's the exact quote that he said um, on Wednesday when speaking to the media. So we'll see how it works out. But yeah, it, it will be tough. It, it's, it's a tough road to hope to be able to win this game on Sunday. I, it's not necessarily easy, but I've seen that Baltimore has led by double digits in every single one of their games so far this season. I can't see Carolina getting down by 10 plus points and having an opportunity to come back and win it, especially the way that Baker has played. And if they can't run the football and the Ravens have been really good defensively against the run, but I think third in the league going to be really tough for Carolina to be able to do anything offensively just based off of what I've seen so far. Like I was looking at some of the uh, EPA numbers uh, earlier today with Baker Mayfield, that's expected points added. Um, so he's 32nd out of 34 qualified quarterbacks and um, expected points added per drop back. He's 30th in offensive total EPA per play. And he has 30th in passer rating so far. That's all out of 34 quarterbacks. He's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league when he's played so far this season and knowing that the Ravens are always a physical defense are going to try and get after him on Sunday afternoon. And if the running game is not what it's been the last couple of weeks, hard for me to see Baker Mayfield having enough success to keep Carolina in this game close going to four quarters. But we'll see Baltimore, like you mentioned, they have blown a couple leads this season because you think about it, if you're up double digits nine times this year, you should be nine. they're six and three. So it's possible they leave the door open for Carolina, but this Panthers defense is going to have to be able to stop the run and be able to get some turnovers and put this offense in plus territory to be able to capitalize if they're going to have any chance to think on Sunday to win against a team that is better. And yes, Panthers, I don't think the roster is terrible either, but as I've been telling people, if you're in the top three of the draft, there's more issues on this team than just quarterback. Pass rushes have been good. They haven't been good at stopping the run. So there's going to be more things they need to step up and fix this offseason outside just the quarterback position. But certainly it all starts there. And, of course, get a head coach first before figuring out who your quarterback is going to be and how you go from there. Right. Yeah. Baltimore is currently averaging 5.5 yards per carry on the ground. That second league, the run defense has also stepped up. As you talked about, they're giving up just 4.3 on the ground yards per attempt. So that's good for eighth in the league. So top 10 rush offense there, top 10 rush defense. We'll see how Carolina and Baltimore match up in week 11. But Julian, that's all that we have today. Thank you so much for hopping on, doing a crossover with me. And I'm excited regardless. I think, again, lots of talent on both sides of the ball. And I, I still think could be a pretty underrated game. Yeah, hopefully. That's all I'm asking. They don't have to be good. Be entertaining. And if you're going to lose, entertain us like you did against the Falcons a couple weeks ago in that overtime loss. Or, you know, just go out there and win. That would be great, too. So hopefully it'll be a fun game on Sunday in Baltimore. But as you would imagine, my expectations for this team are not very high right now. Both picking the Ravens here, Julian and I are. But we'll see. Anything can happen. This is an any given Sunday league. So there is a lot still to be determined. But that's all we have for you here today on both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Panthers. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow with our respective shows, we'll be rounding out the week with more Ravens and Panthers content. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And we will see you right back here tomorrow.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 